Welcome to the Cruising and Campfires podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Crossland, a non-outdoorsy but wildly camping-obsessed mom. I created this podcast as a way to connect with other camping-loving families just like ours who might not always feel the most equipped for that hardcore adventuring you often see. It's here that I share my personal experiences, my personal lessons learned, and also interview other travelers who have exciting stories to tell. Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Cruising and Campfires. Cruising and Campfires is my company, and it has been so much fun to put together. It started as a company with just road trip activities and campsite activities for kids, and now we're expanding to offer more for the entire family to enjoy. Head over to cruisingandcampfires.com and check it out, and while you're there, sign up for the email list, and you'll get 10% off your very first order. I can't wait to see you there. On the podcast today, I have Josie Richards. Josie is a marriage and family therapist, and she is very solution-focused and has narrative approaches, which are powerful in helping you to design the life that you want to have emotional, spiritual, and behavioral balance, all within a relatively short period of time. I'm so excited to share this with you because on this episode, she talks specifically about making life a little bit better while we're camping. This ranges from the pre-camping phases when we're packing the trailer, making our plans, deciding if we're going to go, figuring out what the heck to bring along, to while we're there and emotions start to bubble up, recognizing those emotions, understanding why they're there, and addressing them head-on very objectively so we can really stop the meltdowns in their tracks. I loved our conversation. I know that you will too, and I think that you're going to get so much out of this episode, so let's dig right in. Josie, thank you so much for joining today. I read your bio and I love how you say that you can design a life, the life that you want to have. And I love also how you say that this doesn't have to be something big and, and a, you know, feels out of reach, but that this can just be, sometimes we feel like life can just be a little bit better. And so on this episode, I'm really, really excited to dig into this whole concept of life can be a little bit better. Cause I think that a lot of moms, um, speaking from my own experience <laughs> have, have this feeling that, um, I can maybe do something a little bit differently or a little bit better, or specifically at the campsite. Like, what am I, what can I do to help our family keep everything together. And so I'm really looking forward to digging in. You have so many good nuggets to share with us. Um, and the first place I want to start is how you talk about designing that beautiful life. So can you give us some insight into how we can design a beautiful camping experience? Sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Um, it's, I, I love teaching conferences, podcasts. It's just, uh, super fun to be able to share, So yeah, um, I would first of all, totally identify with the with the mother piece that you were sharing. I have two, I have a nine year old son and a five year old daughter. And this morning, getting them ready to go to school and doing projects late uh, until late at night, my son, my kids actually go in person to school. So it's, nice. it's crazy. And rather if you're camping or helping them with their school stuff, it's motherhood is definitely an adventure. And um, a lot of people come to me um, as, as for therapy, for trauma or a big decision or something really big. But it's, I, I feel it's much more than that. It's like, maybe I can do something better. Maybe I can 
uh, organize my thought process better, maybe I can um, respond better. Not perfect, right? Yeah. Uh, the difference between perfection and excellence is that perfection never wins. And act, because what's perfect to one person may not be perfect to another person, but excellence is doing your absolute best with what you know and what we, you have. And sometimes that. your best with what you know and what you have, it's not the, that ideal perfection that uh, uh, people have in their head, especially mothers, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to start with um, the control piece what there are certain things that we can control and then other things that we can't. So let me start with a research that Angelina Cabarreno did on her TED talk that says this. So things we worried about, 40% of the things we worried about never happen. 30% are in the past and cannot be helped. 12% are the affair of others, there are none of our business. 10% is related to sickness, whether if it's real sickness or imaginary sickness. So that leaves us with 8% that actually might happen. Wow, that's so jarring to think about it in that regard. Right, so out of everything that the 100% of the things that that are in our minds and we're worried about only 8% might actually happen but then we have to go to the second layer with this um, the 8% that might happen we have to there are three layers to it one there are certain things in that 8% that i have direct control that are certain things in that 8% that I have indirect control. And there are things in that 8% that I have absolute no control. So control, you can, you can either use the word control or influence. Okay. So okay. there are certain things that I have absolutely 100% of influence, right? Um, I'm going to go camping and I know that is 50% chance it's going to snow. I have a hundred percent of control if I'm going to bring snow clothes or not. Right. 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 Then indirect control. Um, there are certain things that we have some control. We have indirect control. We're, we're traveling with kids. We can bring activity books, healthy snacks let me try to have some control in case my toddler starts to throw a tantrum for example so i i have some control there oh i know that you know apples really distract my kid like my kid is really into apples so let me bring apples that's a, a somewhat right in the middle there and then there are other things that we have absolutely no control for example 50 percent chance of snowing we have no control, absolutely zero, if it's going to snow or not. Mm -hmm. So having our trip ruined because, oh, we really wanted to snow and now we didn't, it's kind of sealing this context, right? Yes. I love that you're bringing this up too, because exactly one year ago today, I, we were looking at the weather report and saying, 
oh my goodness, we're going camping in the snow. <laughs> we thought, and I remember having that conversation with my husband. I even have a whole podcast episode on this because it was that big of a deal to us because we felt like this is now out of our control. Just like you're saying, we cannot influence whether or not the snow actually comes. We don't know what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. We cannot control whether or not, I mean, we can, and it's like you're saying too, you have this sort of have control, some control over how much propane you bring, but what if something happens? And then, you know, all the, all the what ifs come up. And I think that when those what ifs come up, that's when we start to sort of spiral mentally and emotionally. And we think, oh my goodness, what do we do? And I love that you're also framing this specifically ahead of a camping trip. And so this isn't some, I I love the the thought process of thinking about this ahead of time without getting too far in the weeds of the what ifs, because we can definitely do that, but not also knowing that this is going to, some stuff is going to be out of our control and that's okay. And how can we embrace it? And how can we, like you said, pack the snow clothes? Okay. Well now we can ensure that we're warm. We packed a few extra blankets, things like that. And when you do that, I think it just elevate or alleviates all that stress, not all of it, but it alleviates a lot of stress and a lot of this worry that we tend to carry with us that can really destroy our emotional well-being. I think ahead of time and when we're there. Exactly. And the flip side of that, so the the not so healthy or destructive side of that is having that concept, that false concept that we can um, that we can control everything and a hundred percent of the things that we worried about are going to happen. So yeah. if we get these statistic and we we put that down from one hundred percent to only eight percent. And, and then we go like, okay, in that 8%, there are, there are this three layers, right? Direct control, indirect control, no control. That brings the worry so much down to like, you know, something that is manageable now. Right, exactly. And then um, just as a quick reminder, our behaviors, right? They usually come from old traumas or from feelings, we don't simply behave out of nowhere. There is a whole internal process that happens for us to behave. So when, it, when an event happens, that event will trigger our history I- immediately. Inside yeah. of our history, there are all of our belief systems. Some of them are good, some of them not so good. Oh, see, I'm not a good mom. Oh, see, bad things always happens to me. That comes inside of our history. So the event happens right in front of us, runs through our history that is um, full of our belief systems. The the history is going to trigger our thoughts. The thoughts are going to trigger our feelings. And then according to those feelings, then we'll behave. So there is a whole process before we just do something we're not very proud of. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I I think that's so, so good because behavioral behaviors specifically are so surface level. And I think that as moms, we don't recognize that enough, not only in our kids, but in ourselves, that emotional response and that learned and that trained emotional response. There's so much neuroscience behind it that fascinates me. It absolutely fascinates me. So I love that you're bringing it up. So keep going. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just really no, excited. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely good. Um, so then um, I have a tool that I want to share to 
Well, I guess the first tool is knowledge, right? Knowledge is, is so powerful. I, I like to say power is knowledge and knowledge is power. So just the knowledge, like, hey, there is research out there that says that actually like roughly only 8% of what's in my brain will actually happen. So that is already tool number one, the knowledge. Tool number two is the three layers, the direct control, the indirect control, and the, absolute, and the absolutely no control, right? That's, that's another tool. Now I wanna give a third tool. And this tool I like to call true, not true, or questionable. So let me give a little bit of a, of a, a brain function there first. So our thoughts are formed by, by our five senses. When we are born to this world, we are like little blank pages. Um, of course, we have our DNA and we have all that information inside of us. But we experience the world and we start forming thoughts through our five senses. So basically, our five senses are the bridge between us and the world, right? So things we see, things we hear things we smell, things we feel, things we taste, those things are going to form our uh, thoughts in combination with our experiences. So you may be driving a freeway and glimpse at a billboard and think nothing about it. Your brain sucks that as a sponge and that becomes a thought you don't even know about. So we're constantly forming those thoughts, right? With that mm -hmm. said... It's, it would be very easy for us, and, and I think, I, especially with moms, I see a lot of moms reporting this, the racing thoughts, right? Yes. A lot of thoughts running through your mind like a roller coaster, right? The racing thoughts. So when you are having a racing thought moment or when you are really struggling with your internal world, what you can do is pause and look at the the overwhelming information that your brain is giving you, the roller coaster, um, bunch of thoughts. And then the first thing you need to ask is, what is the information my brain is giving me, right? So mm -hmm. if you pause and you look at it, you go like, okay, what is it that my brain is giving me? Imagine you're looking at a plate of spaghetti and meatballs, and you need to dissect and get what is that one meatball that is bothering you the most inside of your brain. So once you have it, once you have that information, you are going to ask yourself, is this information true, not true, or questionable? And then we're going to have a talk to our brain. Okay, so is it good so far? Yes, yes. I just want to clarify one thing, though. When you say racing thoughts, are you talking about when we're, is this like a more of like a multitasking thing or like we got to pack the linens, we got to pack the food or make sure I have enough apples because my kid loves apples. Like you said earlier, is it, is that kind of the racing thought or is it, I'm worried about the snow. I'm worried about keeping my kids. Is it more of like the worry and like the emotional racing thoughts? Cause I know I have both. Yeah. <laughs> some and, happen and, at like 3am, some happen, you know, when I'm just like checkboxing things. So what right. is, is it both? Yeah, it's both. And it could be other things too, because it might be someone maybe listening to us and go like, oh yeah, I have the racing thoughts, but they're not the Apple example and, and they're not the weather example. It's another thing. So racing thoughts is basically like when there is a lot of confusion in your brain, 
and the thoughts okay. come and go. Sometimes they're the same thing. And uh, for example, an accident is going to happen. An accident is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. So sometimes it's like the same thing. And sometimes it's all over the place. Like, gotcha. I hope my husband is not late. And, oh, Johnny broke his, uh, his shoe and I was going to take the shoe. And, you know, sometimes they're related and sometimes they're not. So I would say more like that internal hurricane, right? Okay. That's a good visual. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's give like a, a, let's get an example, a real example and run through the possibilities of the, the true, not true or questionable for us to say, okay, I got the information. I asked the question. Now, what do I do? So uh, do you have an example that you want us to work through or do you want me to make up an example? Well, how about we keep going with the camping in the snow? Okay, let's do that. All so right. supposedly <laughs> I'm having racing thoughts about the snow. Oh, it would be so great if it snows. Well, but my kids are small. What if it snows too much? Well, but if it doesn't snow at all, they're going to be disappointed because they want to make snow angels. So we can go on and on and on with the snow, right? Like, yes. like, hate, love. But what if this, the what ifs, right? What if this, what if that? So supposedly that's our racing thoughts for the example. So Perfect. then you're going to recognize usually there is a body, um, like the body is giving you signs. Like some people say like, oh, I feel it on my shoulders. Oh, I feel it, uh, my, my heart beating. So you can either recognize the thoughts first or you can recognize the body first, the bo what, what is your body giving you, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, for this person is the racing heart. Oh, my heart is pumping like crazy. Oh, yeah, I'm having those racing thought things. So let me pause just for a second and see what is the information my brain is giving me. And it's really interesting because when we turn towards and we ask, our brain does give us answers. Some, sometimes in the beginning takes a little bit longer, but usually people don't have a hard time like really looking at it and going like, oh, absolutely, I'm worried about the snow. Pink, ping point, right? What, what is the problem? So the information is, or the meatball is, I am worried about the snow. I am worried that it's going to snow too much and we may get stuck, for example. Mm-hmm. So then you ask yourself, is this information true, not true, or questionable? So you are not going, I'm, I'm going to run all three possibilities because I want people to have like the tools for all three, but usually you're not going to pick all three. You're going to pick one. <laughs> so you look <laughs> okay. at the information and the information is, I'm worried that's going to snow too much and we're going to get stuck. Is this true, not true, or questionable? It's usually one answer. So you pick okay. whatever answer that you think. If you are, if you really don't know what answer is, it's probably because it's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's run possibility one first. Um, I look at the information and I'm worried that it's gonna snow too much. And when I ask myself, is this true, not true, questionable, my brain, rather if it is, my brain is giving me, yes, this is true. This is absolutely true. It's going to snow too much and you guys are going to get stuck. Supposedly that that's what my brain is giving me. 
Okay. So then we need to pause and talk to our brain because our, the, the main function of our brain and our body is survival, love, relationship, all those beautiful fluffy things, they all come afterwards, right? The first thing is survival. So your brain is now in survival mode. So your brain is telling you, yes, it's true. It's going to snow very too much and you're going to get stuck. So that makes sense why my brain, uh, I'm having racing thoughts, right? Because it's a survival thing. Mm-hmm. So then what do you do? Number one, so, so you ask some questions to it. Question number one is, what can I do? If it is true, you're going to ask, what can I do about this? Is there anything that I can do about this? Well, if we go back to the control, no control thing, no, I have no control over it's going to snow or it's not going to snow and how much is going to snow. So no, I do not. There is nothing I can do about this situation being true. Um, And then the following question is, what do I need if, since I have like, since it's something negative and it's something true for my brain, um, what can I do to be okay? So what do I need and what do I want? Need and want equals self-care, right? Oh, I like so that. Then, okay. Yeah. So what do I need and what do I want equals self-care? I actually learned that with my own therapist <laughs> and I nice. loved that I told her I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so in that, in that moment, just in that example, my brain is racing because it's going to snow too much and I'm going to get stuck. Is this true? Not sure. Questionable. Maybe I look at the weather and he goes like, yeah, there is a huge possibility that's going to snow too much. So I think this is true. So there is nothing you can do about it then what do I need and what do I want? In that scenario, could be that you would look to your loved ones and say, I really don't feel safe going. The weather says that it's going to snow too much. And I don't think we have the equipment that we need in order to be okay if this snow gets out of, um, out of hand. Or, you know what, it's going to be huge the snow may be like a a big one and I feel we need to go shopping for a little bit more tools because we need to get uh, maybe some chains for the tire or whatever snow tool you may need in order for you to feel safer or you know what we're gonna be pretty safe but there is a possibility that we're gonna be stuck there for longer so I'm gonna make sure I'll bring more food I like that that's exactly kind of how we approached it too from the very practical standpoint, because I know you're going to get to the want pretty soon, but it was the same thing. It was that, che- that kind of that checkbox of, okay, they have propane on site. So if we run out of propane for our heater, that's okay. We also have backup heater with, we have like an electric space heater inside our travel trailer that's built in. So super safe, but still, um, so we kind of checked that box. We brought extra clothes. We brought the snow bibs. We brought the clothes, all the, the snow boots, things like that. And I think, and that really does help. You're absolutely right that it does help alleviate some of those fears. And I can see this, how this is relatable across a bunch of different scenarios. So I love that we're doing this. So go ahead, go, go ahead with the want side of things. Not only the, the camping thing, right. For the day to day, for our lives, for anything. So the wants is, um, 
what what do I uh, here is a here is a matter of safety, right? In this scenario, is a matter of safety. So what do you what do you want there in order for that safety to be in place? Do you the want and the needs are kind of like one almost in this scenario, right? Wants and needs, like I what do I want? I want to feel safe, and I want to feel that doesn't matter if it snows too much or it snows too little, we will be okay and safe as a family. So that's my main want. So what do I need to make that want a reality for us? In the 8% that we can control, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll tell so you what, I, what my want was for our snow trip. And it was, I want us to be happy, even if we have to be inside a lot. Because I know that my husband is very different than me and, and how we camp sometimes. We have a lot of similarities, but we're talking about very small percentages, like the 8% that you can control. Yeah. And for me, I know that we all have to be happy and content for us to, you know, have that split between being outside and inside the trailer because he'll want to be, he'll just say, let's just go brave the elements. And I'm like, well, you have a two and a four-year-old, like I'm scared to brave the elements with them all the time. You know, sometimes yes, but I also want to defrost. And so my wants were, I want to have hot drinks that they can enjoy. So we brought some hot chocolate and splurged a little bit on the sugar and it was okay. Yeah. I wanted to have activities and that's where it says before cruising and campfires was even a business, but this is one of the reasons why I actually started it was because it was so important to me to have those backup plans. And I wanted to make sure for my peace of mind, and I want to, and I'm asking you if this is the correct want or correct category under want, but I wanted okay, to have absolutely. those things. Yeah. The okay, ones good. are very different. Like, uh, my want, if, if that was a real scenario for me, my want would definitely be safety first. Mm -hmm. Your one is happiness or, you know, I want everybody to be happy because probably safety is already there for you. So that's not your current want right now. And your husband's wants is let's go explore. And if we were to talk with like a hundred people, we have high possibilities to have a lot of other ones, right? So right. there is nothing right or wrong with the ones. Okay, good. Yeah. So then supposedly same scenario, I'm having racing thoughts. I ask myself, what is the information my brain is giving me? And I come up with, I am afraid that it's going to snow too much and we're going to be stuck. Supposedly, I then ask the information, is this information true, not true or questionable? Supposedly, the I say not true. Then I talk to my brain a little bit to um, calm my brain down. Look, we looked at the weather. The, the chances of snowing too much are slim. In case it snows too much, what are we worried about? Um, we're safe. Possibility. It's not the middle of the winter anymore. It's not going to snow too much. So what's going on? What else? Is there any other information you're giving me? So basically, it's like talking to our own thoughts and processing I love to process out loud when I can, not always, I, I not always can, but I, I like the, to process out loud. Mm -hmm. And then that also, because what is happening is, it's almost like our brain is poking you for some information. And we can a lot of times give that information back. Interesting. Do you think journaling has that same effect? Like putting yeah, the pen to the paper? Yeah, journaling is phenomenal. Um, journaling doesn't work for everybody, yeah. right? So a lot of people are like, 
they feel bad because they can't journal. Journal is a, an amazing and phenomenal tool. I also feel that a lot of times if you stick to it, you're going to end up liking a little bit more. And journal can look different too. Some people journal every day. Some people just journal bullet points. Some people just journal when they wake up. Journal is a really uh, powerful tool. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're not able to go back to sleep, you put your thoughts into that piece of paper without caring for you know, proper grammar or proper spelling or looking pretty. You just put it down and usually it's a good tool for you to be able to go back to sleep. So there's so many ways of journaling. And yeah, it's, it's a very powerful tool because it takes out of your brain and puts in a concrete place that you can visit later on. Yeah, exactly. I do that a lot. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm not very good at it, like as far as consistency. But when I'm going through a hard time, then that helps me. Like I'm more like, that's my uh, emergency kit kind of thing. I wish I was more like a day-to-day thing, but it, it's just not my style. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the same way. If I can't sleep, then I'm definitely like wanting to journal or just get it out of my head. And especially about situations like this, where I'm starting to feel like I'm out of control and it's those racing thoughts that we're talking about. It's nice to be able to just get it out of my head and say, okay, it's out. I can be done. I can breathe. I can go back to sleep and come back to this when I'm more refreshed and I'm able to work through this in a more methodical way. Like you're teaching to us. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one is the questionable one, right? A lot of people don't like that one because our brain works better with the yeses and nos, but life is lots of shades of gray, right? Life not, yes. is not like black and white. So a lot of times we're going to get the questionable and the questionable basically is your brain working for you and making sure everything is okay. So um, again, going back to the information is going to snow too much. Is this true? Not true? Questionable. The brain is saying, Oh, it's questionable. Okay. So um, it's questionable because Actually, the weather says that it's 50% chance of snowing. Therefore, there is 50% of chance of not snowing. So this is really questionable right here, <laughs> right? How can I be yeah. okay with this questionable, right? Uh, I want to make sure my kids are okay. And, and this is questionable. It's like, well, I have all the safeguards that I that I think I should have. And then if an accident is to happen, so it's basically like processing it with your brain. Okay. Yeah. And then this tool, I like this tool because this tool gives our emotional brain an opportunity to respond rationally. That's really good. Especially I can see, I mean, we're talking about camping in the snow and making a decision about whether to go and what to bring, but I can also see how this definitely, uh, can be applied to behavioral things. Like while you're at the campsite and things start to come up and taking that step back and approaching it more rationally. Absolutely. And so it's, you don't get so frustrated because something went wrong with the trailer. Now your whole trip is ruined and things just spiral really quickly. And then everyone's at each other's necks and you're just like, wait, 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 let's take a step back. Like, is, can we control this? No, we cannot control the fact that this just happened. It did. And now what can we do? So I, I, I think it's a really solid process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I hope it helped. And it definitely uh, does. If you have any questions, I'll be glad to answer. Well, I, you've definitely answered a lot of my questions and I'm going to be using this on upcoming trips for sure. And just practicing, taking a step back, taking a breath. And when I start to recognize that things are getting a little bit into the out of control, the 92% of the stuff that we cannot control, understanding how to rationally take that step back. So sure. Josie, tell us where we can find you and where we can continue to pick more of your brain and get more of your brain. Yes, absolutely. So I have a Facebook, a professional Facebook page. It's Josie. My name is spells J-O-S-I, Mara, M-A-R-A, Richards with S at the end. So Josie Mara Richards. And basically that page is a way for me to share tools. So every week, either I share myself or I post a video of something that is very powerful, or I have a guest speaker that shares his or her um, expertise. So that is a way for me to bridge the, to make the, the bridge between us and mental health more fun and accessible. And the, what I, what I want to achieve in that, in that Facebook profile is um, emotional, mental, relational health, right? So we speak anywhere from motherhood to uh, being a professional. I want to change my profession. I want to study, but I don't think I'm smart. I have a whole series there of a week on studying, focusing, and um, learning because now, especially with COVID, a lot of people are uh, adventure to other avenues and they go like but it's so long since I was in school so it's not targeting to just one specific thing but it's targeted to that wholeness of just becoming better if I can become a little bit better every day that's a big pros progress right Absolutely. and then I also have an Instagram um, it is once upon a mental health Okay. And if you go, if you're looking for therapy, I'm a, a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Nevada. And I'm also finishing my licensure in drug and alcohol counseling. So if you're looking for therapy, um, you can find me at psychologytoday.com. You just put there, there is a, a little space there that says find a therapist. So you put Josie Richards and my profile pops there. And I'm also at Beyond Therapy um, and V.com. I forgot that one. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. So everyone will have them and they can definitely go and find you and continue to learn more from you on all aspects of life. Cause really it's all interrelated anyway. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much, Josie. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Wasn't that so good? Two of my favorite takeaways from this episode with Josie were that perfection and excellence are actually very different. Perfectionism will never happen. And yet excellence is totally within our control because we can decide how we're going to approach a situation and do the best that we can with what we have. I also loved how she talked through the control, some control and no control, how she talked about, is it questionable? Is it true or is it not true? And having that as a very objective process for us to work through things. And then I also really loved how she said that needs and wants, that's all self-care. 
I would love to hear from you what your big takeaway was. So if you can go share it with me, take a screenshot of this episode, tag me in it on, on Instagram at cruising and campfires and share your biggest takeaway. Also, if you loved this and you want more of it, please go consider leaving a five-star review for us or a review with your comments on your favorite platform. Happy listening. And I look forward to continuing to connect with you.